Welcome to the Chai Break Podcast with your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar and Rama Rao, coming to you from New York City. Each week, we brew up conversations steeped in our cross-cultural experiences, growing up in India and moving abroad in our 20s. From feminism to fashion, colorism to colonialism, join us on our journey of becoming. With elements that almost every immigrant, irrespective of background, can relate to, we hope you enjoy our conversations and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We hope you've had a good week so far. Hi, Rama. How's it going? Oh, it's been a great week, uh, Shweta. Such a such a heartwarming week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been receiving such positive feedback from our family, friends, and our listeners worldwide. And we just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who's been tuning in each week mm-hmm. from across the globe. And Shweta, we've been having audience from Bangalore to Bristol, Madrid to New York City and beyond. And we're definitely feeling the love and support. It's been such a great week, right, Shweta? Definitely. It's been really, really good. And uh, I don't think we kind of expected this kind of positive, warm feedback. And uh, yeah, we couldn't be happier. And it definitely inspires us to keep going and keep getting better at this. Right, Rama? Absolutely. So people, just hit the subscribe button or follow button, whatever it is. And wherever you listen to podcasts, so you get the notifications when our new weekly episode is out every Wednesday. It's because of you. It's because of you. This is all happening. So great big thanks to you. Yep. And as promised, here's our review of the week. Deborah from New York City has this to say. Tuning into Shweta and Rama is like joining a good old coffee clatch where the talk has a warm chai flavor. Great for anyone who's curious about how two modern South Asian women evolve as they become part of the fabric of the West. New York City in particular, while reimagining and maintaining traditions their families gave them for their young children. You don't have to be from that part of the globe to appreciate the immigrant experience, she says. Almost all Americans have an immigrant story. Shweta and Rama's is at once warm-hearted, thoughtful, and significant. Ah, this really, really warms my heart. (laughs) Such a great review. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much. And we really appreciate these uh, feedbacks that we're getting. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's get started, Rama. How's your week been? It's, I mean, this positive feedback, and we've been talking about this podcast all of last week, so it's been very rejuvenating and refreshing. And um, yeah, it's been a great week so far, um, Shweta. What's more interesting is I was listening to Brené Brown the other day. And um, for those who haven't heard about Brené Brown, she is one of the world-acclaimed researchers whose primary work is actually researching shame in humans. Oh, wow. Yeah. How interesting is that, right? Like, mm-hmm. She spent her lifetime just researching on, you know, spending a lifetime researching on shame. And she's written so many books. Her findings are just fascinating. And I was just listening to the series on Netflix. She gives an hour and a half talk oh. um, there. And what's more interesting is from her research, she's found that the most important trigger for shame in women is guess what? Body image. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're so right. It is body image. And for men, apparently it's weakness, like, you know, or being portrayed mm. as weaker mm-hmm. is one of the um, important triggers for shame. So I thought this was so fascinating because our discussion for today's episode is actually body image, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, wow, it's like almost like the universe is just giving me more ammunition to talk for today. So anyway, so that was fascinating. And um, that almost brings us into our 
into these some of these terms that we've been hearing mm-hmm. in relation to body image, which is body shaming and its counter body positivity. So yeah. Yeah. let's start with that. Let's look at the definition first. By definition, body shaming is a loosely defined term for the act of criticizing or mocking one's physical aspects. Body positivity, on the other hand, is the belief that everyone deserves a healthy body image, regardless of how society, popular culture, define desirable shape, size, or beauty. So overall, aiming at encouraging emotional well-being and self-acceptance which, of course, we know, right? It's a lifelong journey of ups and downs. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with our experiences, both positive and negative, from very early on. And it, all of those experiences pretty much hit close to home. And we're going to talk more about that in our episode today. Right. So these are such important definitions, right? I mean, you know, it's important to have, even it's important to know what body shame makes because people, if they don't realize, I mean, they, you know, even well-intentioned people around us mm-hmm. can sometimes spew these comments and remarks without really realizing that this is, if this is your prototypical body shaming, what's happening right now. So I'm glad like we're, we're kind of talking about this because it's so dear to us growing up in, again, a South Asian culture mm-hmm. where we have this whole concept of, um, you know, middle-aged Indian aunties, right? <laughs> Who are yes. pretty notorious for their sharp tongue and Mm -hmm. their comments and it is just so ironic because it's these women are the ones that actually go through the biggest physical transformation i mean when you talk about body imaging we're the ones that are we're morphing from this young teen to this you know woman and going through hormonal issues and then we have kids and Mm -hmm. have the childbirth issues and the weight gain from that and the menopause sets in and there's so many other things everything in between right yeah and so it's interesting that that we get all these remarks from, you know, our well-intentioned, close, near and dear, especially when we talk about, you know, women, mm-hmm. without really mm-hmm. they realizing that what they just said is some of the comments are really come into the context of body shaming. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And if you look at it, you know, um, even without body shaming, you know, in the equation, just accept for a woman in general to just mm-hmm. accept her changing body through the course of her life. It in itself is hard enough. Yeah. So throw in body shaming there and it becomes, it just magnifies the issue that much more. Yeah. And um, I mean, I know about you, Rama, you've been one of the thinnest people amongst your family and friends, right? So you've had a lot to deal with. Oh my gosh, Rita. I think that's why this topic is so passionate, right? Mm-hmm. For us, especially for, for me, I think that was, you're absolutely right. I grew up as in a, in a family uh, which was kind of, um, you know, my mom's side are very thin. They're just like really thin. I mean, each of them can really go for a contest of the world's thinnest person. <laughs> you are so. right. Can I, can I just say this? I think I was talking to your mom uh, earlier this week. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know how the topic came up, but she did mention that one of her sisters is yeah. just 30 kgs, 30 kilograms. Yes. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's true. So I, even the men folk in my mom's side of the family were on the thinner side. They're mm-hmm. the leaner, thinner side. So I guess, you know, genetics has a role to play here. Definitely. So, you know, yeah. my dad's side, on the other hand, we're like these tall, athletic looking, even the women folk in my dad's mm-hmm. side were these, ma- you know, tall, like they're close to like five, ten, uh, six footers in my dad's family. So we were an interesting mix. So I 
kind of took a lot from my mom's side, physical appearance wise. So mm-hmm. I was always in one of the on the thin, leaner side. Even now, when you see me, you know, where I'm, I'm still on the leaner side. Mm-hmm. But trust me, back then it was like way worse. You know, literally somebody would look at me and say, oh my gosh, is she anorexic or bulimic or what's going on with her? Yeah. So yeah. I was always among the thinnest side, right? Among my friends and family. And to add to that, we've talked about this before in the colors and topic. Mm-hmm. I was also dark. So guess who stood out in all the social gatherings? It was me. Yeah, no. And <laughs> it was I, this re- yeah, go ahead. I think it's very, in, you know, one point we have to mention here is that body shaming, you know, is irrespective of size. Right. You know, it, that's one issue that irrespective of size, is it's size inclusive, right. I can say, right. you know, and that is why one person being skinny and thin is also commented on, whereas another person being on the chubbier, healthier side or whatever you can call it, you know, right. we've heard all of those terms being used. Right. So as you share your experience, I think it's very important to point out that it's the spectrum. It Correct. ranges the spectrum. Correct. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That's a really good point, Shweta. So oh, my experience has been being on the thinner side, being a little bit uh, this crony looking teenager and growing up without those looks. And you're absolutely right. They've been the complete opposite uh, where, you know, my my friends and even family members, right? We're on the bulkier side, the chubbier side or a little bit on, you know, heavier side. I don't know what do we call heavy set. So, um, you know, they they were not spared of this either. They were mm-hmm. comments that totally was not, um, at that time, it didn't look like body shaming. But now the more we know, mm-hmm. those comments were not appropriate. So, but, I, you know, going back to my story, I still remember standing out in all those social gatherings as this, you know, everybody identified, who's that, girl? you know, yeah, Rema, that's the girl. That's like, you know, go find the thinnest girl. That, that must be Rema. And it was so annoying back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I really... Well, I was like, you know, I really got very conscious about the way I looked. I was trying to wear outfits that kind of completely covered my body and gave me extra loose layers. So I looked like really bigger than mm-hmm. what I was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like how nowadays we wear like the outfits that really fit our body type. I was like trying to wear baggy clothes. So I mm-hmm. looked like bigger than what I was. And I still remember telling uh, you know, people telling my parents to feed me like more, feed her more ghee, more butter, give her more sweets. Like, you know, as if they were raising a little puppy in the house. Um, <laughs> but what happened was that I have to tell you, everything has a positive and a negative, right? So mm-hmm. I actually started, you know, although I was trying to, you know, up my body image by wearing all these different types of clothes, I kind of used my communication as my asset. So now that body image was not this, you know, people... Uh, use physical appearances as a strength for some people. For for me, the physical appearance was not my strength. So I started using my communication skills. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful. From that body shaming kind of a situation, I was able to come out of it using my communication skills. So I had my speaking abilities as my armor. So if anybody came and said something or, you know, if I wanted to show how good I am, it was not really obviously through my physical appearance, but it was more through my talking. So that was helpful, I think. Uh, but I st- in medical school, Shweta, I was called, you know what I was called? I was called a dry fish. It's, oh, it, my or gosh. For people who know Tamil, when somebody says that she looks like a karwade, you know what it means. It's a dry fish. So, yeah. And funnily enough, you know what? I actually went to the aerobics classes when I was around that 16, 17, 18 mm. years looking scrawny. And I was the only person in the aerobics pulling up, you know, all the doing the cardio and jumping and doing stuff. And people around me were like, why are you even here? Because mm. you need mm. to not be here. <laughs> You're losing more weight. So I was like, no, I have to go back home and I'm going to eat so much because it's going to help me put on weight. 
So oh boy! A, oh boy! It was an interesting yeah. time, yeah. <laughs> but look how far we've come, Shweta. It's crazy, right? Definitely, definitely. And Shweta, you've also you you've also had a small frame, right, for most of your life. That's I remember right. you sharing this. Yeah. yeah. No, because, you. you know, because I've been, you know, I've been dancing and working out pretty much all my life, you yeah. know, as uh, early on as I can remember. Uh, but before I share that experience, you know, it's it's good to mention that body shaming is so ingrained in our Indian South Asian culture that mm-hmm. a lot of times when people are passing comments or we, you know, we're experiencing it in our teen years, we don't even know, we're not even aware that it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And that is why uh, I always feel that society's standards of perceived beauty are so problematic on different levels. Correct. First off, as you said, you know, these comments come from the most, I want to say, quote unquote, well-meaning family members, your neighbors, your, you know, um, family friends, your household help, mm-hmm. your own parents. It can come from so many different places. Right. And it again, everybody tries to tell you that they mean well. Like, you know, they want you to eat, you know, because they want you to put on weight or they want someone else to lose the weight because of whatever. And I feel like as a young, impressionable teenager, mm-hmm. that can really have an impact on, you know, your uh, mental and physical health, right? Correct. And now talking about my own experiences, I mean, I still remember, like, you know, I've always been petite through my childhood, my teen years. Mm-hmm. And I, when I used to dance, and especially when I used to work out, I remember, like, you know, you like you said, on a different level, but, you know, similar comments, like, oh, why? You don't have to worry. You can eat whatever you want. Why yes. do you even exercise? You're going to vanish into thin air. This was one of the things that I heard constantly, constantly, right? Right, right. And but I have to say on the flip side of this, it's noticeable. But, you know, um, today when I look back, I laugh at it. But like the, the one of the things that actually made me very body conscious early on in my teens was the fact that someone actually pointed out to me that the women in my family have big mm-hmm. butts. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> you mentioning that. Yes, yes. Yeah, and for the longest time, I would actually say like, oh my God, the only reason I work out is because, you know, I've had such a big butt and I need to like, you know, keep that in check. And now when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like although I worked out and I was healthy, the relationship I had with it was rather unhealthy, right? Mm -mm -mm. Because, you know, you need to work out for other reasons. If you're working out, it should be so that you stay healthy mentally, physically, and, you know, you go about life, you have more energy and things like that. And not according to, you know, uh, the shaming and the guilt, whether it's around your uh, body type, body shape. And like, like we've said, you know, all of us come in different shapes and sizes, you know, the apple right. body, the pear body and like, you know, yeah, we're different. And that's what makes each of us unique, you know, yeah. and to aim for a certain body type has uh, always been pushed onto us, you know, by media, by family, by the Internet and like everything that we consume. You know, and um, another big thing is that in our culture is obviously when it comes to women and body weight is when they consider you of the marriageable age, you know, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, I actually had a high school friend of mine who's extremely successful, very active, does yoga, does Zumba. And, you know, 
she was like had a successful career but none of that mattered when it was time for uh, her parents when they were looking for a potential room for her mm-hmm. because she had experiences really bitter ones where the boy would actually come meet her and they would talk like they would go out meet whatever and like have men actually tell her that oh you know what if you lose weight you'll actually look prettier or oh, one no. other guy had actually told her that oh my god you're too fat i can't marry you mm-hmm. you know and these things and thank goodness for my friend she was so strong mentally and had a great support system mm-hmm. but but for anyone else you know who is mentally it can really have an effect on them and you can go down this rabbit hole of like depression and all kinds of other mental health issues because you really don't know how to deal with things like this right either you can go on an extreme fad diet trying to lose weight and mm-hmm. you know we've seen all of that right so i definitely feel that um although you know um these aunties mean well like they think mm-hmm. you know a lot of research has shown which you can share rama that it has the exact opposite effect no you're absolutely right shweta so i think we're not advocating that people start ignoring their you know figure or whatever their their goal to look a certain way mm-hmm. we're not propagating that we're actually saying that a person's body type is a person's body type you know if you if one has to help that person um you know you know obviously obesity is a big problem here right so mm-hmm. it's a health issue it's an epidemic almost it's a, obesity is a huge epidemic mm-hmm. but by shaming the person by by going and commenting on the person's weight in a in a very derogatory negative way is actually not going to help that person get to a target um goal of really getting healthier mm-hmm. so that's where i think we have issues with body shaming people are knowing just few comments on a person's body shape without knowing what effect it has on that person so if you're really trying to help a person there are many different ways of saying it but not really making a derogatory com- remark yeah i even unintentionally mm-hmm. so yeah you're absolutely right body shaming has a huge uh impact on mental health in fact there have been a few studies that have shown that discrimination against overweight and obese people really does not help them to lose weight in fact there was this real study from university college in london and they did a study on about 2944 uk adults over a period of 4 years and those who reported experiencing like weight discrimination they tended to gain more weight mm-hmm. than those who did not on average after accounting for like baseline differences people who reported weight discrimination gained about like you know close to a kg or more and than those who um you know who did not mm-hmm. so that question comes back as to like you know is body shaming really contributing to the success and growth of individuals mm-hmm. that is True. that that is the fundamental problem it's not it's not like oh you if you mean well about somebody's um looks if you mean well there are many different ways of helping that person approach the target goals so whatever that person wants to do first of all it has to be motivated it comes from within from that person how they want to approach their um you know their life lifestyle and right. their body shape right. but it should not be like a remark coming in a way that really makes that person feel um so negative about themselves that is really going to produce the opposite effect right That's so true because I mean ultimately you know we don't know what you you know you can't judge a book by its cover right. so you know whatever shape size somebody is like you really don't know what issues they're facing you know whether health wise self esteem wise what they're going through and what their life experiences have been 
So it's almost insensitive to, you know, comment. And it definitely, like, as, you know, studies have shown in common sense, it really does not help. Yeah, in fact, it, fat shaming in, in, in that study, they summed it up and they said it only lowers a person's self-esteem, which in turn leads to long-lasting body image issues, eating disorders. In fact, we are, to instead of curtailing somebody from actually going, you know, go, instead of curtailing someone from become, from worsening their health, such body shaming kind of comments and remarks, if just thrown out there, can actually induce them to really go on the other way, even leading to depression and suicide. It's just counterproductive here. Mm-hmm. We're just not going anywhere, but just doing those. Right. Yeah. No, I agree because I was reading another article, um, you know, on the subject and uh, Tracy Richmond, the director of the PrEP, mm-hmm. Preparing for a Healthy Life, the obesity intervention program she runs at the Boston Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. She uh, works with children of racial and ethnic minorities, and they're all predominantly low income and have severe obesity issues. Mm-hmm. And she saw what she calls a paradigm shift in the last four or five years, after the staff in her clinic, mm-hmm. they started, you know, changing their approach to weight-based discussions. Okay. She says, we stopped talking to kids about pounds and BMI categories. And instead, we've been focusing on promoting a positive body image and satisfaction at every size. Mm-hmm. And she says, as a result of this, she's seen more engagement with her patients, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of seen a remarkable improvement in their psychological health. Very nice. And this is really, it's it's a very positive story. And again, because, you know, like you said, you know, obesity is such an uh, epidemic in, you know, especially in this country and now around the world, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's very, very important for us to, you know, positive reinforcement of, you know, body image is so important from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. And um, in this instance, I have a friend here in New York, and she works in public health in an obesity prevention program. And I was just chatting with her the other day about our episode. And I was like, you know, so what has your experience been? What have your observations been? And she was saying that uh, one community she works with equates more weight to better health in kids. And this really struck a chord because remember, Rama, like, you know, growing up, especially in the North, there's a Hindi um, phrase that says, that means, oh, yeah. you know, you are from a well-to-do family. So that's why, you know, that yeah. little chubbiness and that little weight equates to you having more access to more nutritious, healthy food, you know. And um, you see how it's common across different communities around the world. And It's a, a mindset com- issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mindset with the communities. Yeah, definitely. Because another uh, community she engages with she feels that they better engage with her with the food program that they put out because they feel the community feels that knowing their health, eating healthier, eating more seasonal food, like incorporating fruits and vegetables in their diet, Mm -hmm. they're having a positive impact. And and even some of them are losing weight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there you go. You know, it's all about like not body image, body positivity. When you think about all of this, it's, also about you know knowing where your food comes from i feel like and that is especially important for the you know younger generation like you know the preteens and the teens because mm-hmm. i feel like that's where we go through our biggest body changes right and right. um and i feel like these kind of conversations mm-hmm. really help in shaping you know how we deal with it later in life And now, and I and I remember that you. I know that we've had different uh, 
uh, versions of uh, body image, mm-hmm. uh, body shape, shaming growing up. But I know for sure that you've had more issues dealing with that during your pregnancy and and after birth, right? Yes. I mean, yes. I, I remember you talking about some of that. Was the, some of those were just, <laughs> uh, yeah, not not right. Yeah. Do you want to share that? Yeah, because I mean, it's it's again right. See, I'm a perfectly healthy individual. You know, I when it comes to like the health part of it like you know i have a healthy bmi everything's good and you would think that you know you i wouldn't have any of those issues but mm-hmm. it actually struck me for the first time that when i found out that i was pregnant the first thing that hit my mind was oh my god i'm never going to be the same anymore mm-hmm. you know my body is never going to be the same i'm never going to be the same size and although like i've said you know even throughout my pregnancy i worked out i enjoyed it but again all of this speaks to the complex relationship we all have with body image right mm-hmm. you know however small or big an issue might seem to somebody else but unless you're the person going through it you know you know the demons of your own mind mm-hmm. you know i kept I, that's how i dealt with it and even postpartum i remember you know when that new mom's like soft belly like you know i was like oh, oh my yeah. god when am i going to lose it what's going to happen and now when i look back i'm like I should actually marvel that my body was able to create and nourish a little human being yes. and you know nested for like 9 months. So again this goes out to like the talk about the society pressures, you know, right. on women. Right. New moms and moms to be because there have been many many times where I've heard women share that even when they were pregnant somebody calling them fat. You know, can you can you just imagine like it just blows my mind but you know we all go through that. and uh, i think my biggest takeaway from all of this is that we should first of all just stop comparing you know ourselves with each other because like i say every body and every pregnancy and everybody each of us are so different yeah. and um when i was reading this piece i came across this beautiful beautiful line and it talks about stretch marks right mm. and stretch marks here you know let's be clear we don't only necessarily have stretch marks because of uh, childbirth and what not you know you gain weight you lose weight you work out you get those stretch marks for different reasons throughout your life mm-hmm. and uh, this uh, line said your body is not ruined you're a goddamn tiger who earned her stripes and it- yes that's such a good line <laughs> <laughs> it just feels Love it. so good so good yeah uh, you know you absolutely oh my god that's such a great line i'm going to like really make a big post out of it and put it in front of my desk your body is not ruined you're a goddamn tiger who earned the stripes love it i mean you're absolutely right i mean we're not celebrities here but this body shaming is not spared celebrities either right mm-hmm. i mean people who have uh you know all this fame and money and everything they're always under the limelight that is true but somehow there is this societal pressure that immediately you know jumps on them and like you know wants them to really get back to to shape after a childbirth or after a surgery or something like that recently i read an article about aishwarya rai for mm-hmm. those who don't know aishwarya rai she was miss world i think back in 2000 i guess in early 2000s mm-hmm. probably Uh, I may be wrong on the timeline, but she actually was, um, you know, she's one of the world's most beautiful women. Um, and then when she delivered her daughter after childbirth, she didn't really go back to her original weight for mm-hmm. a long time because mm-hmm. she was going through postpartum. She was, you know, all that changes that happens. But then she got such a big backlash from the media and, you know, from her social pages and from her fans and everybody who wanted to like... Um, 
get her to, you know, like, why is the Miss World not not back to her ideal weight? I'm like, she didn't really care about those remarks uh-huh. um, or those backlash. She just did what she did. And now she's back onto whatever her ideal weight for her. Uh-huh. And uh, she looks as beautiful as ever. But uh, what I'm saying is celebrities have not been spared of this. There have been Miss Indias, like, you know, after they have got the crown and the year later when they put on weight, there was there were issues about that. And I think it happened here, too, with Miss America's. Even during the Miss America season, when, you know, when they got the title, and I know that this happened a few years ago to someone, and they put on weight during the title as Miss America, the title could even be taken back, according to the rules. Mm. But little goes into discussing why is this happening, right? Right. And what is a better way of actually approaching this and getting, you know, people to be more health conscious, rather than just ripping them off because of a certain idealistic body image we portray on them. Exactly. And I think it's all about changing the narrative, right? right. You know, how we shift our talk, you know, conversations from talking about that perfect six pack and that beach body and that summer body to how do you just love your body, right. you know, and make it the gauge for your mental and physical health. How are you feeling about yourself? How are you feeling when you wake up every morning is should be the best gauge of, you know, your health. Exactly. And I think it has to be looked at from that 360 angle. So that brings us to the very important question. So when you've dealt with these kind of things, you know, all your life, like, how do you grow to love your body? And I read this amazing article recently that addressed just that. And it talked about small steps that you can take starting today, you know, and just to change how you look at yourself. Mm -hmm inside and out, mm-hmm. right? And let's go through this. There are amazingly six steps that you can do today, mm-hmm. right? Number one, commit to it. As with anything, acknowledging that you have an unhealthy relationship with your body for whatever reason that may be, you know, don't be ashamed of it. It's more than 50% of the task. Right. Two, ditch the narrative that looking a certain way will make you happier. True. All of us have gone through that time, right? We have that size two or that size zero genes that we don't fit into or we're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to wear that. No, just don't. Just enjoy the process that you're going through. Yeah. And actually, again, just to clarify, I mean, it's not that you don't don't want to go to the um, size zero or size two. You can absolutely go to your size zero. Absolutely go to your size two for the right reasons, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be because you really like to see yourself in that size two. It just makes you happier to be there. But don't do it because, oh my God, I have to go to a size two because that's what there is a societal expectation out of me. I need to fit into this norm. Mm-hmm. So ditch that narrative that looking a certain way will make you happier because it'll make the society around you happier. It should make you happier because it'll make you happier because you like to look that way. Mm-hmm. And number three, stop judging other people's bodies, period. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I've had, especially after going through childbirth was like, just stop doing that because it doesn't do you any good. Neither does, uh, definitely doesn't do the other person any good. Correct. Number four, cleanse your social media feeds of anything that makes you feel bad about your body. Because every single day, the whole journey of body positivity is to feel good about yourself. So there are several body positive influencers online from actress Samira Reddy, model Ashley Graham, Jamelia Alia Jamil, and so many, many more. Right. And that's what it is. You will make you feel good about yourself and you see women who are also 
feeling good about themselves wherever in the journey they are, you know, in whatever phase of the journey they're in, right? Right. Number five, do something that makes your body feel good every single day. You know, move your body in whatever way you want. You want to go for a walk, a jog, do anything. Mm-hmm. The ultimate goal is for you to see an improvement in your energy levels, how you think about your own self. That is your mental fitness, Absolutely. you know, and because yeah. that's as equally important as your physical fitness. Mm-hmm. And number six, practice gratitude for your body. I think this is one of my absolute favorites. This it, is so aid, important. Yeah. Do mirror work. One excellent habit is positive affirmation practice done in front of a mirror. So every day, take a minute, stand in front of the mirror and say, I love this part of my body because it did so and so and so. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, if I look at my stretch marks on my, you know, underbelly and I say, you know, this is what nourished and, you know, this is what helped grow my child. And, you know, I'm always every single day filled with gratitude. And when you look at your legs, like, you know, for me, it's like I'm a dancer. So it enables me to move my body in ways and in all the ways I want to and make me feel good about it. So these little practices, you know, I feel like will have a great uh, impact on your everyday and how you look at yourself. Absolutely. And I think and change the narrative for the younger generation, for the generation that we're raising, right? Mm-hmm. All of these practices, they should also learn. You know, we're raising boys, you know, like me, I'm raising two boys. I don't want them to, uh, you know, for them to walk around thinking the ideal beauty of a woman is, you know, dressed in this figure of a hourglass figure or whatever it is, or skin shade and so on. They should really focus on what the beauty lies in the whole person, the character of a person, the nature of a person. The person's um, brain is probably one of the most, um, I guess, sexiest assets one Mm -hmm. can think of. Mm -hmm. So they should be raised, our younger generation also should be raised with these same set of um, values that you just mentioned. And also, you know, we have to raise men in particular, boys in particular, um, you know, thinking that beauty in a woman doesn't lie in that kind of a physical appearance that the whole society, social media and everything is like propagating. It really Mm -hmm. lies in so many other things. So go beyond seeing just those physical appearances. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I think, Another thing is our, we have to, um, you know, spread this message. I mean, you and I are doing a podcast, our audience are listening to it. And the hope is that this message just spreads far and wide, mm-hmm. which is the whole reason why we do these topics and podcasts and these discussions. Yeah. So more the, the more the word spreads around, the more the we can fight against this kind of uh, a stigma and, the you know, not really a war, but this kind of um, a attitude and mi- mindset can be squashed by really spreading this word and following all these practices. So raising a good generation, the future generation that really looks beyond just these confines of a body shape mm-hmm. and uh, looks more into a person, changing the narrative for themselves and for the society in large, mm-hmm. I think would be greatly helpful. Yeah, and I think we want to end this on like two positive notes. One of them was a recent story that I read and, you know, it just made me feel so good because again, like we say, when we're talking about changing the narrative, it's not, yes, for this younger generation, Mm -hmm. but it's also around like, you know, how our parents, our grandparents talk to us and to our kids, right? Right. It's a trickle down effect. Right. So I said, read this very uplifting story about, you know, this girl called Vijeta Mahendru Mm -hmm. and her grandparents. So, 
her grandparents when she came home and she was saying that she's been bullied in school you know because she was chubby you know that uh, one of the ways you know people call you fat in india um and her grandparents actually says that being thin or being fat it has nothing to do with the size you are it's all about the person you are on the inside right. and this really really you know armed vijayata with the right kind of attitude to go ahead and face her bullies in school nice. you know and i feel like our children go through so much on a daily basis mm-hmm. you know they hear so many different voices and opinions so when they hear this kind of positive reinforcements from the people closest to them i feel like it has a greater impact absolutely that's such a wonderful story yeah everybody should um kind of have that set of uh, what to say ammunition on them mm-hmm. so when something like this happens they are able to really use a different mindset when approaching the bullying and uh, the stigmatization that's going on so it's such a good story mm-hmm. yeah so yeah we hope this episode resonates with you all so uh, do share it with your family and friends and if you have an experience you'd like to share we would love to hear from you yeah that's it for our episode this week yes yeah, see you again next week guys keep giving us that positive that feedback whatever you say whatever your reviews is what's going to help us get better and better at what we do so thank you all love you all and have a wonderful rest of the week bye shweta bye rama bye bye If you like what you heard, give us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Have any questions or simply want to drop us a note? We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at chaibreakpodcast@gmail.com. That's C H A I B R E A K podcast@gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast or visit us at chai break podcast dot com. <laughs>